there was tea spilled today. I promise you that. (laughs) Today's tea is on integrating intimacy and intention in your life. My guest today synchronistically connected with me and I'm so honored to bring her on the podcast. Nikita Ren Thigpen is on a mission to build stronger families that leave new multi-generational imprints witnessed from the ripples of love, empathy, adventure, victory, and edification they create from their wholeness. Nikita is one of the top relationship advisors in the world, and she activates power couples, married women entrepreneurs, and bold leaders who are ready to recalibrate and own their right to be intentionally selfish, to amplify relationship intimacy and live fully. She is here for such incredible work and has helped so many people go deeper in their relationships with themselves and others and step into a level of intimacy that a lot of us have never known. I was so moved by our conversation. I really was speechless at the tea this woman spilled, the wisdom she dropped, the love that she embodies and the space she moves from. She emboldens me to be even more myself the next time around in the next conversation. And she will embolden you to be even more you. I'm at a point right now where I'm really seeing that intimacy is all I really desire and that there's so much to be said for having a really powerful intention behind that intimacy. And Nikita really inspires me to go deeper there and open myself up to myself and others And I pray that's what this episode does for you. I pray that you feel activated, that you give yourself permission to be selfish, that you step deeper into what you are claiming in your life, and that you feel the power that you hold. Enjoy today's tea with Nikita. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I am so excited that the universe brought this magical woman into my life very synchronistically. Today's tea is on integrating intimacy and intention in your life with the magical Nakita Ren Thigpen. How are you, love? I am absolutely fantastic and magical. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) grateful we connected. It's really 
amazing how we can meet like-minded souls. And so thank you so much for being open to coming on the House of Low podcast and making the time. I would love for you to give a little introduction about who you are, what you're focused on, anything that you're excited about right now. Ooh. Get right into some of the rapid fire questions we ask here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm all about every single thing that you're doing. I am a fan of the show and I've been listening into quite a few of your fabulous conversations and all the tea that you've been spilling. So <laughs> for those of you who are brand new to my ecosystem that are listening here, Thank you. I appreciate you already for just staying tuned. My name is Nikita Rin Thigpen. I'm the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world. I activate power couples, married women entrepreneurs, and a few bold leaders that are just ready and willing to recalibrate their lives so they can own their right to be intentionally selfish and live fully. That is my mission to build stronger families, making sure they leave imprints across this world from their wholeness. And at the end of the day, I get to use all of my greatest gifts as a former licensed clinical social worker, a trauma specialist, a sexologist, a coach, all of those best parts of me get to come and play with my favorite clients. Mm, so amazing. I I really love that we're going to talk about intimacy today. It is the number one area that everyone is really <laughs> trying to navigate, figure out, embody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very difficult because a lot of us have felt so disconnected from our embodied experience here, given things we've been through, you know, so today's tea is going to be really, really, really powerful. The first thing I want to do is, so I always ask, this is like the main question of House of Low, because I believe the home we have starts within us. So I want to ask you first, for you, what does it mean to come home to you? Mm, I do love this question. For me, Home is always the reminder to myself to slow down, give myself permission to pause. I'm an ambitious woman. I'm an academic, a nerd, all the things, right? So I can get really caught up in the swing of one of my secret favorite places, which is the research rabbit hole. I'm a learner. I'm driven not by money, not by freedom, but by self-actualization. So for those of you who relate to that, you know that that can look like a ton of books, a bunch of podcasts, a shoot load of conversations and tea conversation moments with friends and all this collective of absorbing and retaining. But sometimes you just need to literally push pause and remember all of who you already are and be grounded. So for me, my home is giving myself that to be emotionally naked and be more vulnerable than I'll even be on this show, which I plan to be completely transparent. But my vulnerability at home with me, within me is messy and snotty and teary eyed and dancing and celebratory in a way that most people probably would rather not see all of my glorious, beautiful brilliance, right? And for me to come home to myself is full permission to just let go and release all of the things that don't belong to me anymore, even if at one time they used to serve me. Oh, okay. We're three minutes in mic drop. I say there's mic drop moments on these episodes, but I feel like for you, we might have the most mic drop <laughs> in the episode. So that's number one. We're two minutes in or whatever. Thank you. No, full permission is it. And it's very difficult to get there. So yeah. I honor you for the space you've created for yourself to get there. Thank you. Thank you. 
So I have about six rapid fires that I ask and women have been loving them so far. So I'm very excited to get your answers. So the first is, give me one word that describes you and your essence. One word. Woo. Selfish. Mm, can't wait to get into that. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. What's your mantra for life? My mantra for life. Oh, that's a hard one because I have so many things that I lead by. I would say if I had to strip everything else away, it would literally come down to creating my own joy. Yes, I feel that. Mm -hmm. What ritual makes you feel gorgeous? Does this include my soul's half and forever lover when we're having orgasms together? Or is this when I give orgasms to myself? Which one is this? <laughs> it includes both. It includes both. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's my favorite ritual. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Mm. We had someone else say that too. She was like, I love a good orgasm. And I was Listen. like, yes, girl. <laughs> How we keep going. Okay. That's right. Oxytocin. <laughs> What is an action you took recently that came from a place of abundance? Oh, recently for me, because I'm just recovering from a major surgery. So I literally just came back on the grid a couple months ago was prior to that, while I was supposed to be on bed rest because, you know, ambitious women and all our things. And I invested in this high level incubator for women. And I was very proud of myself because I'm not normally a joiner. And this was absolutely stretching myself, but it was an abundant stretch. Oh, that's amazing. There will be so much expansion from that. As you know, those decisions always expand us in ways we could have never foresaw. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I hope you're feeling good and recovering as well. Yes, I am. I'm like 100% mentally myself and probably 60% physically, but I'm good. <laughs> Get there. Oh, thank you for sharing that. What is something that can always be found on your table? Mm, tea. Mm. Tea, teacup, all the things, tea, the yes. diffuser, you name it. I got it. Perfect for this conversation. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like I'm ready with my tea. I love it. Okay. What nourishment brings you the most joy? Mm, nourishment. Honestly, I have to say spiritually, because I am very connected. I'm a metaphysician, all that. Yeah. That would be the most joy in a full selfish sense, but I'm a grandma. Mm. So my grandbabies, which I call my G babies, Aww. are absolute heaven and joy for me. Every single time I hear their voice or see their face. Mm. Oh, it's, I really feel that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for gracefully, most magically answering the rapid fires. I was so intrigued when you talked about just intimacy and intention, but also this conversation about reinventing the selfish narrative, which I mm. educate and speak a lot on. I would love to start there. Talk to me about first reinventing the selfish narrative. Yeah, thank you for that. This is a tricky question, which makes it layered, juicy and all the great things for everyone listening, because there's the context from my nerd self, the historian, that selfish, the word was put in our lexicon in the early 1600s, around 1634. Yeah. Yeah. A Pentecostal bishop basically put it in the lexicon because we know the church 
church gets to run everything in the 1600s and everyone's obedient. And it came from going further into the research women were going to the bishop to ask for permission to say no to their husbands because they didn't want to constantly be available sexually at any given time. Right. And the reply was, this is your duty. This Mm -hmm. is your job. The one thing that God has told you to do. So unless you're one of your menses or you are pushing a baby out of your vagina, this is me paraphrasing the verbiage because it was translated from the Greek, unless you're pushing a child out of your vagina or you are on your menses, you are being selfish if you do not give in to the desires of your husband. Yeah. I think most of us in 2022 would totally rebuke that definition if we were told what it was literally meant for then is to keep you as chattel as a woman and keep you in your place. Once I was aware of that definition, and I'm looking at this because my first thought when it downloaded in my spirit that this would be the name of my book and this was the release that I had received and all the good things that we'll talk about my first thought was a visceral reaction of, I'm not selfish. I'm a selfless person, you know, da, 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 and like all of that anguish that comes with the title of what we have been told, not just by men, but by other women, that if you say no and you put up a boundary or you don't give in to someone else's desires of you to come to the five birthday parties and right. the third divorce party and all the things that are going on in your friends and right. family's lives, oh, you're being selfish because you're not participating, you're not doing. Once I understood that, I was like, wait a minute, let me reclaim my power with understanding that it is okay to be intentionally selfish because it gives me space to do my own healing work so I can thrive and create that thread of wholeness that I want my power couples and other women and leaders that I work with to have. It's no way that I could do that if I'm not a reflection of the very work that I'm putting out in the world. And in order to be that person, I had to put up some expansive boundaries and say, yes, honey, I will pull you something off of your registry. No, I will not be at this third two-year-old's party when I don't have kids that are that age, right? Like, I'm not interested. I don't want to play with your babies. I don't want to come to your fifth divorce party. I don't want to go to the Christmas party at the job because it's an unspoken, understood word that rule that you have to be there. I value my time to refuel and come home to myself so I can show up when you need me and be the best reflection of that and be as selfless as I need to be without resentment. So that was why I reframed it. Selfish without resentment. Oh my God. I mean, to live that way. And we, you know, so many women struggle with people pleasing, right? And this is what takes us so further away from self-trust, which is where I want to go next. A lot of us don't trust ourselves, me included. I'm deeply intuitive. I have like psychic abilities that I'm learning about. I don't trust. And it's so clear. You know, the universe does not lie to us. God does not lie to us, trick us. Therefore, we have a piece of God inside of us. And yet we're all struggling so hard to trust any of it. Like all this in conversations about intuition and getting out of the mind and into the body. I would love for you to talk about how this really builds on self-trust. Yeah, a thousand percent. A lot of it is really honoring your own agreements, right? That's how we create trust with anyone, with your lover, potential lover, the person you're dating, person you're thinking about, your friends, your siblings. You can't have trust with someone if they told you that they were going to be somewhere, do something, achieve something, and then they just don't follow through, right? We don't trust ourselves because we're usually defaulting on ourselves 
for other people, to serve their expectations, to lean into what they tell us we should be, do, have, achieve, or that maybe we're not good enough to have, do, be, or achieve, right? What is that? Uh, Self-fulfilling prophecies. We will fulfill their prophecy of us because it was an expectation. And then we feel frozen with this analysis paralysis of why can't I get out of this rut? Whatever the rut is, because it comes in cycles. It's not linear. You were a beast in corporate. You came into entrepreneurship and was like, what happened? (laughs) Where's the beast, right? Where's all these insecurities? Where, you know, right? All these self-doubt questions and all the ants, as they call them, the automatic negative thinking that is coming up for us. All of that will happen and it's normal. So let's normalize it. It happens to the most brilliant, to the billionaires of the world. Everyone gets into it. The difference between them and someone who's kind of frozen still and feeling like their life is dissipating and falling around them and the days and months and years are just flying by they really don't understand like how did I get to 2022 like you're questioning that the difference between those people and the person who's feeling like that is honoring an agreement it's also in a juxtaposition on the other side of that coin is learning when to quit because there are things that you can and should quit. And that's not dishonoring the agreement. That's creating a new one that's serving who you are now and who you're becoming in the best way possible versus binding you to that old expectation of yourself to play small. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Mm. Let's go to intimacy. So talk to me about intimacy. And not just intimacy in the way we think about it romantically, but it feels like the place that women are finding themselves now is, oh, in order to be with another, I have to get intimate with myself. And I would just love for you to talk to me about your perspective on self-intimacy and how intimacy can manifest in our lives from other beautiful external sources, but also where, how does it manifest within Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. I'll say first, and to your point, most people think when they hear intimacy, they're like, oh, this isn't the place for that, right? Because we're talking about sex and we're at work or, you know, you're talking, even if they understand or think about the emotional intimacy, which is just being on the same wavelength with someone, there's 12 different types of intimacy and the most successful, beautiful, blissful relationships have all of them. Yeah. Together. There's that spiritual intimacy where you guys can share in the deepest parts of your faith and even have differences and be okay with talking about them without shaming each other. There's conflict intimacy, being able to argue in a healthy way without someone feeling like they're about to pull out a knife, okay? (laughs) Or something else. Like there's so many other layers of it. Aesthetic intimacy, being able to share the beauty of the world together, recreational intimacy, which is my favorite. You get to play together. Yeah. Remember that time, Lauren, way back when, when you were dating and it was fun, (laughs) right? And we played and there were no expectations other than showing your best self and just enjoying whatever was going to show up that evening or that afternoon. And it wasn't like, oh, we got to hurry up and get back to kids. Oh, well, get your orgasm real quick. Do whatever you need to do because I got to get up for work in the morning. There wasn't any rushness of it. You didn't feel like passing ships or roommates. 
those moments that we had when we were on stage, because you're always on stage in every first relationship, you're showing your best self. They don't get to see behind the curtain, right? It's normal. There's no judgment. There's no shame there. But a lot of us, when the curtain is pulled back, so is the fun. So is the enjoyment of being able to argue without making it into this territorial battle of who's more alpha and who's Uh right and who's stronger Uh and all of that. So really understanding like all the layers of intimacy is really helpful. The self-intimacy is all of those things for you. Yeah. Understanding and appreciating the beauty of you. Like, girl, you over 40 and mm-hmm, them sell you like dimples look nice and ripply. <laughs> like, oh, you got some texture instead of being <laughs> like, oh, like, right. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, yes. if you have tiger stripes, as we call them, when you've had babies or you've been pregnant or you just like my 21 year old is never been pregnant, but she got her mama's tiger stripes all over her booty. And I'm like, you better rock them. That's letting you know you want to be more curvy when everything catch up. (laughs) But just embracing it for yourself is part of the intimacy, not just the self-talk, which is important. I don't want to dismiss anyone who's like, I need my affirmations. I need my mirror work. I believe in all of it. I think it's helpful, but those are tiny pieces tiny parts of the rewiring process that need to happen for your nervous system, let alone for your brain, right? Yes. Let's go to embodiment because I have really recently made set a very strong intention to become embodied, like for real, for real. I realize that, and I think the spiritual journey brings us to this, but I have been detached from my body, not even just disconnected, detached. Mm -hmm. It's like my head is out here doing all this stuff. And it's very easy for me to do all that stuff with my head. And I don't even realize the body I'm in because it's been a source of pain for me. And I would love for you to talk about embodiment and what you really educate people on when it comes to that. And even in your own journey, how have you come to a place of even just neutrality with your body and then starting to actually experience the human life experience in the body? Yes, girl. You ready for this conversation? Yes. Yes. As humans, we hold trauma in our body. Yes. And trauma can be stacked trauma. It can be macro. It can be micro. There's no judgment on what has happened to you and your ecosystem of your world and your reality. But the way you've interpreted a situation could be traumatic, period. So I don't even want to get into the layers. I know a lot of people are like, well, I wasn't sexually abused and I wasn't physically abused. Those are horrific traumas. Yep. Those are not the only ways to be traumatized. Right. Right. And we hold all of that in our bodies, which is one brilliant thing that women are so good at is compartmentalizing. Oh, yeah. We are excellent warriors at being able to separate a thing because we don't got time to deal with it, Mm -hmm. period. And we could end the whole podcast right there. <laughs> like right. That's, right. that's what we do, right? Yep. And then the extra skill is learning how to heal those compartments and pull them all together, which is the place that you're at, which mm-hmm. is now I'm trying to do all the work to heal all these pieces. So when I pull them together to be fully integrated, to be fully embodied and unaligned with whatever next action I need to take in my new healed whole self, Mm -hmm. but I can do it fully and live it and enjoy it. And all the parts of the storm 
that come with that process too. Because just because you're fully aligned does not mean that life is going to skip over you and you're not going to have problems, right? It's going to hit all of us. But the embodiment work for all of my clients, when they are honest with themselves, we got to go back. A lot of those scripts that are still driving our adult decisions are the scripts of someone who was less than seven years old. Your under seven-year-old self, somewhere between the third trimester of your mother's womb, if she was able to carry you to full time, and I say this to everyone listening, I'm not just talking to you, Marn, but between the third trimester, when you were able to hear what was going on outside the womb, you could feel the adrenaline, the anxiety, all the things that your parents were dealing with, those who were attached to your parents. So if she was constantly around a screaming neighbor, you felt that right in the womb. And there was anxiety that was building up from the neighbor down the street that's always throwing pots and pans and cussing out the little boy down the street that's crossing on her grass, right? Like you felt that in your mother's womb. And you came out and were absorbing all that was going around from the TV, the radio, the honks outside the window when you were in your little bassinet, all the way through school, the teacher's imprint, the coach's imprint, the little kid that sat next to you in class who had a horrible older sibling that was a bully to them and how they transmuted that onto you. All of those imprints created scripts that we felt was our chapter. That was our beginning chapter of our truth. And we imprinted that even deeper as we grew up, that six-year-old, that five-year-old self that was bullied or intimidated or maybe was really boisterous and talkative, but was told you talk too much, be quiet, sit down from the teachers, right? The people that are supposed to empower and encourage, but are trying to control a 20 group of people. But now we're giving you this thought that you're too much. You talk too much. You're being too much. You're doing too much. You're bossy. You know, little girls need to stay in their place. Little boys need to be manly. Don't cry. Like all those things, we imprinted that. Now we're 15 and we're feeling like we can't be as expressive. We're not going for the, I don't know, cheerleader tryout. We're not doing the theater thing because they told me I couldn't sing when I was little because I was too much. So I don't want to try out this. And we hushed it and we created this deep calcified vortex within us that literally covered our purpose. Our purpose is there. No one has to go find their purpose. What they have to do is excavate all that calcified chaos, confusion, trauma, drama, you name it, we could go there. You got to excavate it so you could release what is already within you. And that requires, and I know people don't like to talk about it, but it requires the inner child work. We have to do the self-forgiveness work. We have to build trust with ourselves so we can release our power that we don't have to get out in the ecosystem outside of us. It's already there. So I usually encourage them to play with passions. Curiosity, adventure, and play are so healing on so many levels. Because what it does is if you think about a, what's that tool? I think it's called a pick kind of like an ax, right? And you're digging through the mountains. It allows you when you were 15 and you were like, hmm, I think I'm gonna be a painter. Now, maybe not when you grow up, but it was just something you were interested in. You started painting. That was chipping away. 
because it was a little bit of a release of some of that chaos that had built up up until that time. You hit 22 when you said, oh, I'm a skateboard, chipping away. Oh, I'm going to start designing shoes, chipping away. Oh, I'm going to be a lawyer, chipping away. No, lawyer's not for me. I think I want to be an entrepreneur in the financial realm, chipping away. Oh, no, I love personal development, chipping away. Yeah. think that when you're constantly changing and evolving that, oh, you're just a jack of all trades and a master of none. We hear that all the time. I'm like, listen, when I see a jack of all trades, I'm excited because that person is trying to get to their truth. That's what they're doing. They are digging into themselves. You call it whatever you want. Yes, they might have monetized it along the way, had some fun, been excited and told everybody that this was their new thing. That don't matter to me. The fact that you are trying to get to you, to your core, without all the things, that is the self-trust. That is the self-forgiveness. That is the work. And the fact that people are brave enough to do it, even though they might not know exactly what they're doing behind the scenes, that person, that bravery, that confidence, those are my people. Those are the people I want to work with. Not the one that's like, oh, no, I did this one thing all my life for 55 years. Right? No. That's too much. That's too much heavy lifting for me. And the way that my muscles are set up after surgery, it's not built. (laughs) It's not built to pick that up. (laughs) That was so profound. Like, really, I really have to honor you for everything you just said, because that is the work. I always say humans don't like to admit or to own up to that. We create a lot of our reality. That's a personal responsibility conversation, right? And accountability. I've had to really look deep within Mm -hmm. to understand why I have operated the way I have throughout my life, you know, and dimmed my light and been very afraid to be seen and very afraid of my own power and my deep voice and my tall, big body. And come on, it's like, I'm so tired of that. I said this recently, you can't miss me. And here I've been trying to be like, You can't miss me. I'm here. Like you just can't, you know, and the old me would have loved to have just been like small and been able to like hide in the turtle shell. And God is asking me to not do that really. And that's why I've been pushed. And what you said about curiosity, adventure and play is the real reason I've gotten to this place because you know, working on some of our darker tendencies and shadow work like that, Mm -hmm. you just stay there. It's not that inspiring, you know? And like you said, it all traces back to something from childhood, but ultimately I've been so inspired by the curiosity, adventure and play and digging, going there. And even just the giving oneself permission to do that. It's not productive, you know, but it is in a long-term way, right? It is. It releases so much. I mean, oh my God, Lauren, I am so excited for you. Like this is so juicy and Mm -hmm. orgasmic in its own way, like in a body orgasm way, not in a sexual way, right? But this, the fact that you are being so transparent and vulnerable, which to me is the sign of strength that is titanium, right? Titanium level, because a lot of humans would not admit that they had to do this until after it's done. 
Yeah. Right. We've all seen the award shows. Thank yeah. you for worshiping me now that I'm great. But it was, <laughs> right, no. it was it was a blip of all the pain I went through for all of those years. <laughs> but let's just say that I'm glad I'm here. Like, uh, excuse me, sir, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> it was a journey, right? Like you mm-hmm. had to do right. a lot of work. I really value you wearing what I call your cap, like that curiosity, adventure and play is you putting on your cap. Every day, even on the days you don't feel good, even if that curiosity, adventure and play looks like how much better will 20 more minutes of this nap be, (laughs) right? Like it Uh, could be a nap. Yeah. It doesn't have to be jumping out of an airplane and climbing a mountain freehand. It is whatever stretches you beyond yourself. That's all it is. And hopefully you're having fun doing it, which is the whole point of play. Yeah. And I think getting to this place where we're anchoring into the full human experience. Mm Because like you said, we're not going to bypass the hard times or storms. But even when I look back at some of the hard times, they really were so short term. They don't last. In it, it feels like 10 years. I had a really hard time last August, September. It was rough. Mm -hmm. And it was two months, like lip in time. And Mm -hmm. I remember moving through it. And then, you know, the next time it's like thinking, uh, you have the strength for the next time. But I really want to highlight starting to let people in. Mm -hmm. Knowing everything you've set the foundation for in this conversation, you know, around reinventing what it means to be selfish with healthy boundaries and embodiment and really being in that curiosity, adventure and play and excavating so that you can get to the purpose that is within you. How do we get to a place as women where we feel safe to let people in? To even yeah. like let the masculine in, which I think is a big conversation right now I'm having with a lot of women. Oh we, my goodness. That is such a thing that we've shut the masculine out. Yeah. I literally was just having this conversation with a colleague and a friend the other day, just ironically over tea and <laughs> just, just yeah. a regular old tea conversation. Yes. I'm just going to tackle the masculine part if you allow me first. Mm-hmm. The masculine part of us that is within us, yep. people sometimes feel like, well, that's your strength. I disagree. Mm. When you're in balance between the two parts of you, and balance isn't necessarily like a 50-50, right? It's whatever is needed for the moment. I'll just take this example outside of myself and put it into a pair. My husband and I have been friends since 13 and together since 17 years old. Mm. We didn't get married till 22, but we've been together a really long time. Wow, it's amazing. A lot of growing, right? (laughs) A lot of of journey. Absolutely. Absolutely love where we are right now. Wasn't always like this. Yes. And part of it wasn't because, and he's very alpha and I'm very alpha. It wasn't because of infidelity or financial issues or any of the things that a lot of people can normally read to. It was, I was so broken from so much trauma. And I did have those, what they call big T's, the big traumas. I was sexually abused. I was physically abused. I was domestic violence. It was my alarm every day. When I woke up in the morning, I was told I was stupid. Like all the things I didn't have that. You're so good. You're so brilliant. I didn't get that until the world gave it to me. And then I had to do a whole nother imposter syndrome thing and survivor guilt thing. And like all the things, right? Yeah. A whole nother layer of work. So what I brought into our relationship being young and we both literally grew up together and all of it was this fighter who didn't know how to stop fighting. That's all I knew. My right? God. Yep. L- listen, right? <laughs> what the little kids say, listen, Linda. I'm going to say, listen, Lauren. Oh. Right. 
yeah. taking me back to YouTube days. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally was pushing, not in a figurative, excuse me, literal sense, but in a figurative sense, I was pushing him away with my anger, my depression, my anxiety, my inability to hear and to listen to him and yeah. just focus on, I am such a protector and yeah. he's a protector and a nurturer. He's more in balance mm-hmm. than I am. I wasn't nurtured. I had a lot of attachment issues with abandonment and all the things that I had to deal with yeah. and not being safe physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in my home that I just came with protective energy. He had to literally pour in nurturing into me so that I could receive it. I thought I was strong when I could whip somebody's ass. Okay. Like right. that was the reality. I thought that was being strong. That wasn't strong. Strong was being able to be still and not have everything be a battle. And everything was a debate because I, you know, would go toe to toe and all the things. When I could just listen, receive what needed to be received, throw out anything else that was someone else's projection on me, just because you're growing doesn't mean you have to be mute and not advocate for yourself or for others. That's not what I'm saying. But I had to be able to decipher it. And I couldn't do that until I had understood what compassion for myself was, nurturing of myself looked like, being humble and able to say and understand that humility is really just knowing what to say and when to say it. It's not about putting your head down and bowing or kowtowing down to someone. It's, no, Nikita, this person is not worthy of your rage. How about that? (laughs) Like, let's reframe that, (laughs) you know? Like, are they worthy of knocking you off your square and making you show them the old you? Are they worthy of shifting you out of your growth and making you go steps back when they got to pay all this money for therapy, coaches, advisors, mentors, and not in a good growth way, but because I need recovery again, right? Repair again. And that was absolutely not something that I was interested in. So I had to do the self-work for myself, which did involve therapy. It did involve coaches and advisors and mentors, all of whom I paid, having some accountability partners, having really good sister friends that would pray over me, pray for me, pray through me. I needed that. And I needed to not be judged in my mess while I was being extra. I think I feel like you and I agree we're all messy on some levels. Yes. But when you're really broken, you are super messy. Yeah. And my masculine was way too strong. My feminine was super low because I had saw femininity as weak, which is opposite of what it is. We are powerful, juicy, amazing. We create humans like we are phenomenal. And even if our bodies don't physically create in that sense, we are creators of so many things. And when you realize that and you see it, you start to accept your masculine as just a good counterpart. Yeah, I don't need my husband. And he's very clear about that as well as I am in our conversations. We don't need each other. We want each other. Mm. I don't need my masculine. I want my masculine. I mm. could absolutely be super feminine or opposite. And no one would be the wiser because I wouldn't let anyone close enough to me to see me in that 24 seven space, right? Cause we get to hide behind the mask. Yeah. But if I really wanna show up fully for Lauren and House of Low and have good tea and be transparent, then all of me has to be here. 
And when you see it as the companion that you want, instead of feeling like you're devoid without it, then you invite it and you invite your whole self to come and play wherever you go. Wow. Invite your whole self to come and play wherever you go. Wow. I'm so moved by our conversation. I'm actually speechless. I rarely am speechless. I promise you that. I'm speechless. What a gift you are to this world. Like I'm actually tearing up right now. Like seriously, and to women. I'm just a big believer that the earth is shifting drastically. I mean, 2020, it's the beginning, my friends. And it's really positive, to be honest. Like it's a lot of light is coming into the planet because we've been under a lot of darkness. And it feels that women are really being asked to start healing with men to get out of this place of we're opposite, we're not the same and we're, our differences separate us. I mean, even just that amidst all the other differences we have in our world, it's like the masculine feminine conversations that are happening that I know you're a part of and you're seeing all over. Everyone's trying to understand what does this mean, right? And we know it's not just about the gender aspect, but the truth is like the healing comes when there is union between the two. And I just honor you so much for the work that you're doing and what you are teaching because you're the vessel to do it. And Mm. it's really moving to watch you talk because you really have lived quite a life and have experienced this in your personal and your, you're a researcher and you, you've done all of this work professionally. And now you've helped so many people individually and couples and It's just so moving to hear you talk about a lot of what's been in my head for a long time. You know, like, Mm -hmm. is this the way to heal? Am I doing it right? Am I on the right path? That's been like the question that's plagued my whole life. Why? Why is this happening? Like seeker. Mm -hmm. And what you just spoke about is that really everything is within, but we have got to let ourselves go there. And then only then can we receive anything from the external is that fair to say? Oh my God, I'm mic dropping myself right now. Yeah. And I know the listeners can't see us and we can see each other, but you're glowing Aww. and your energy is vibrating so high right now and the most beautiful and healing way, which is opening you up to receive everything you're supposed to. Any problem that you were having, the solution has already showed up for you. Mm. It's just literally a matter of you opening your eyes to see it whatever that is. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful. Like I am so grateful for you and this will not be the end of you and me. I promise you that. House of Low is in your life now. I I accept. (laughs) I would love to end with you just giving like one to three rituals or inspired actions that you feel could help people integrate more intimacy and intention into their life and maybe even to give themselves more permission to be selfish, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amen to that already. I will end this with the examples that are literally built into the redefined, reframed definition of selfish. And when I reframed it, I thought really hard about what it was that I was going to do with this. And ultimately what I've done with being intentionally selfish is I've created a revolutionary co-created therapy. It's a 
potent philosophy for healing and thriving and just threading the wholeness through the world that we need to ripple and create new multi-generational imprints. But the definition itself is a personal intimate gift Mm. to create your joy. But gift is an acronym. So it's G-I-F-T for anyone listening, like a wrapping gift, like wrapping paper. The G is gratitude. We all have heard and we know I'm in gratitude. I love gratitude. I, you know, I get it, right? Like we, we all get it. And that's not actually what I mean. Like I do want you to be grateful always. Before I even open my eyes, as soon as I realize I'm alive, I do a body <laughs> scan and I am grateful for all of it, right? So I stand for gratefulness. However, I don't believe you should hide behind it. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like many of us, especially the women that are listening and a few brave men that are honest with themselves, But a lot of the women listening, you know that you want more than you have, but there is a part of you that feels shamed and guilt for actually daring to want it because, oh, I should just be so grateful for what I have. I come from a unlimited God that is not bound by anything, that has not put any boundary on me that says, well, Nikita Rinthigpin, you can only have a multimillion dollar business. You can't go to a billion. I rebuke that. That's not the God I serve. The God I serve said, I can do whatever I want within his will, period. Mm. Stop right there. (laughs) The God you serve, and for those of you listening, may be different. And that's okay, but it's still all one multiverse filled with universes and filled with infinite possibilities. So Mm. when you are aware of that, you have to allow yourself to do the I and gift, which is to imagine, Mm -hmm. imagine yourself unlimited unconquerable, victorious. What does she look like? Who is she without limitations? Who is she when she's that secret philanthropist that she wants to be? Who is she when she's a mogul? Who is she when she's a mama to five adopted kids? Who is she when she's a caregiver being able to have an experience with her parents on their last days as they're going home? Who is she when she is literally untethered from all of the expectations of her old self, as well as all those people who literally don't want anything from you, but to pull you into the space of their poison, period. Period. Imagine. So that would be my first ritual that I would say is break free from hiding behind gratitude and imagine yourself. You can do it with something as simple as writing a letter of divorce. You can literally divorce yourself. I divorced Nikita Wren Webster Thigpen, including my maiden name in there. I'm divorcing her for all the time she agreed with her abusers that she was stupid, when she was quiet, when she wouldn't speak up for herself, when she allowed the big head boy to bully her from around the corner, right? Like I released her from all of those things, but you need to do more. Divorce is one part of the process. Can you re-engage with yourself and marry yourself? What does it look like to be fully integrated with this new me? So now I need to either close that divorce letter with my love letter, or I need to create a new love letter to myself as part of my imagining who I want to become. The F is forgiving. That's all the self-forgiveness stuff that you and I already talked about. It's incomplete to just forgive the person who hurt you and betray you. You did it because somewhere in religion, culture, or community, you were told to forgive others. But you know, when you look at them with venom in your eyes or hurt or guilt or shame, or they evoke anxiety, 
you haven't completed the work because you still haven't truly forgiven yourself for whatever they brought into your space that Mm -hmm. you're blaming yourself for allowing, which may or may not be true. Right. But forgiving you is the F and it's super important. Now that is the mirror work that I stand behind looking at yourself in a mirror and saying, Mm. I love you. You are worthy. You are deserving. You are the greatest greatness that's walking around here. Yes, girl, you smell good. And so do your poop. Right. Like (laughs) talking to you, that matters a lot to do that work and doing it repeatedly past the smiles, past the tears, past the awkward laughs that some of us do when we're nervous, all of that until you can really hold yourself and honor yourself for all the pieces of you, that loving all your body part, that's important. And the T is just taking action with one thing. That one thing might be, you know what? I haven't worked out for more than 15 minutes in forever because I got caught on this hit movement or whatever. And I actually prefer to walk or to dance or to twerk or to whatever it is that you want to do. And just taking that one action that frees you just a little bit, that loosens the chains just a little bit. Because if you can be intentionally selfish and do this, according to the reframe definition of personal intimate gift to create your joy, You are not only breaking your chains and freeing yourself, you are a catalyst for families, for the people watching that are literally usually just watching, waiting for your flaw so they can point it out to you. You're actually releasing them because they're seeing another way for those that are ready to receive it. So Mm -hmm. if you're bold enough, and I encourage you all to do it, to choose yourself, that is the best literally the best tonic you can give is being selfish enough intentionally, of course, not in your ego, not to push every people down, not to just say a bunch of no's to people, but be bold enough to choose you to do the healing work so you can thrive. Mic drop. That's the most profound inspired ritual I've ever heard. And I love the gift analogy. That is incredible. I am so grateful that came through you. Oh my God, that's magical. Wow, I really am speechless again. Okay, let people know where they can connect with you and then we'll we'll end there. The best way is definitely just go to the website, digpro.com and whatever's up there right now, depending on when you hear it, don't worry, put your name in there, book a tea appointment with me and let's have a conversation. Nikita, I honor, like you are one of the highest vibrational beings I've ever met, ever mm. in real life. Probably will be one of the most for the rest of my life. I've never seen someone embody love, light, and power all at the same time, which is a testament to what you've done, like, and who you are and the soul that you are. And I mean, it's, it's overwhelming to witness you. It's so magical. (laughs) Like I, I have no words. The, I, hopefully these words are coming out right, but I really have no words and it is an honor to know you and to have met you and to have you on this podcast. And I celebrate the work that you are doing in the world. We need you. Like we need you. So keep being selfish so you can take care of yourself, but (laughs) we do need you. So thanks for continuing to give to us. I will support you forever. And I can't wait to connect with you deeper because I really want to support you ongoing, but thank you for making the time and sharing and bestowing all that you did today. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to have a ripple effect that's beyond you and me. I'm so grateful. I receive and reciprocate. Thank you. Thank you. Have the most beautiful night and thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. 
I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Lo.